The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The last thing you'd expect to hear about the rich man is that he's a fool. You can't be a fool and have such success. If you are a fool, you could get a lucky break. You could win the lottery or bet on the right course, but your success will be short-lived. Your folly will win out in the end. To be successful without a lucky break, that's not easy. That requires discipline and foresight. To plant the right crops and coordinate a harvest and plan for expanding your barns and calculating how long it all will last, that requires wisdom. That requires that you be like Joseph in Egypt, who was wise and discerning when he understood that there would be seven fat years and seven lean years. He gathered a fifth of all the produce of the land during the seven fat years, and during the seven lean years, he was able to feed the entire land. Joseph was not a fool, and neither is this rich man. Neither was Solomon, whose wisdom made him the most prosperous king in Israel. It says in 1 Kings that under his reign, Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Does that sound familiar? Solomon built the temple and a palace. He made treaties and secured trade deals. He spoke wisdom of the natural world. And people of all nations came to hear his wisdom. Solomon was no fool. That is, at least in this one sense, he wasn't a fool. And here's a critical point to which you should pay close attention. There are two different kinds of wisdom. There is godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. One of the things that we see in the story of Solomon is that although he was blessed with tremendous worldly wisdom, his life ended with him utterly lacking in godly wisdom. He didn't take even his own counsel when he said in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Solomon didn't fear God. And so when God told him not to take wives for himself from among the nations, he did not listen. And his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. 
and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he worshipped idols, and he sacrificed to them. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of godly wisdom. Without it, it's possible to be the wisest man in the world and yet remain the greatest fool. That's the story of the rich man in our gospel lesson. He knew how to handle and deal with the things of this world, but he knew nothing of the things of God. And so God called him a fool. And indeed he is, thinking that by securing his wealth and prosperity, he has something that will last, something that will guarantee him happiness for years to come. He does not fear God. God who can and does take it all away from him in a moment. It also seems that the man with the request at the beginning of our gospel lesson, it seems that he doesn't fear God either because he asks Jesus to render a judgment. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? It's strange to hear Jesus say that because we confess every week that he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. But there you can hear his point. When Jesus comes again as judge, it is not to decide matters of inheritance or property or possessions. It is not to grant rights or establish privileges. It is to judge in matters of eternal life and death. Jesus is concerned with things that are above and not with things that are on earth. And so if you ask him to render a judgment on the basis of things that you can see, on the basis of earthly things, if you ask him to give you what's owed to you, well, then you really are a fool. Paul gives us a list of some of the things that weigh in the balance against us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And to fear God is to know how you would fare with God as your judge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that is not the end of the story. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the remainder of wisdom is this, that you have died with Christ, and your life is now hidden with him in God. You have died with Christ. On the cross, the righteous wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, the wrath that was owed to you on account of all that is earthly in you. Your soul was required of you that night, and in your place, the very Son of God gave up his spirit. This is the central miracle and mystery of the Christian faith. It is the wisdom of God that turns all human wisdom into folly. It is the power of God that scatters the proud in the imaginations of their hearts and brings down the mighty from their thrones. It is the mercy of God that is a scandal to the wise who think that they can stand in the judgment because they do not fear God. But you have died with Christ. You were buried with him by baptism into his death. Your earthly life is over, and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. 
Because it is hidden, you cannot see it with your eyes. You can only perceive it by faith, by trusting in his word of promise. You can only understand it with the wisdom that begins with the fear of the Lord. And that is why Paul reminds you this morning to set your minds on things that are above and not on earthly things, which try to draw you away from the life that you have in Christ. Even more, Paul says, put them to death. Put to death what is earthly in you. Put it to death, lest it draw you back to living by sight and not by faith. Lest the things of this world draw you to trust in the successes of worldly wisdom. How do you do that? How do you put to death what is earthly in you? Remember what Martin Luther said in the small catechism about baptism. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge to arise and live before God in righteousness and purity forever. How do you put off the old self and put on the new self? By returning daily to your baptism, by daily acknowledging your sin and turning from it, by daily renouncing the devil and all his works and all his ways, by daily taking flight to the mercy of God revealed in the cross, by daily holding fast to the resurrection of Jesus, for you have been raised with him. Your life is hidden with him, so if you want to see your life, you must fix your eyes on Jesus. And when Jesus, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Take care and be on your guard, Jesus says. Do not underestimate how attractive and enticing the successes of worldly wisdom can be. Do not forget that God calls the rich man a fool. Fear God and be wise. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for he gives you such treasures in abundance, in clinging to baptism, to the words of forgiveness, to the flesh and blood of Jesus. You are richer and wiser and more successful than Solomon. You are more prudent and discerning than Joseph, because you possess Christ, the wisdom of God, who is all in all. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.